Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Oh, here we go, boys. Go. Love that sound. This is a good one. Well, hello and welcome to the Full Scale Outdoors Podcast. I'm Dale Luganbill. Welcome to this week's recap and rant. I killed geese, yo. Oh my god, I finally got to kill some geese. Ugh so relieved it wasn't lights out by any stretch of the imagination but uh did kill geese both saturday and sunday oh happy day yeah it was pretty fun um actually wasn't sure what i was going to do saturday my buddy jason cushlin who has been on the show a couple times uh called me earlier in the week about a public land spot that we had hunted in the past uh Last year, you might have heard about it, and then uh, well, we didn't end up shooting anything. But he's like, he called me up, he's like, dude, the weather looks perfect. It's like the same exact wind. He's like, I think you should sneak into that area early, super early Saturday morning, and you could probably catch those bucks slipping back to those beds that we found. And Bob's like, and I'd already kind of been thinking maybe I would do that exact thing. Um, now, I haven't done anything to get my bow hunting equipment ready with my stands and I mean none of it <laughs> just just absolutely none of it but um I was kind of think I, I was getting kind of ready for it mentally anyways and then uh scouting efforts just weren't really paying off for geese and so I was kind of leaning towards that and a bunch of our crew couldn't hunt Saturday anyways but then Joel really wanted to go goose hunting so I kind of he, he kind of swayed me as he usually does 
to uh, go goose hunting. And we kind of went, well, not kind of. We did go blind to a spot, but, you know, we we knew it's a high-traffic area. Um, we've been picking up new birds pretty much all week. We thought we we thought we fared a pretty good chance of, of getting some birds. So uh, we headed out. I mean, went to Wisconsin. And, um, yeah, I mean, we didn't see a shit ton of birds. And uh, we definitely got ignored by a fair amount. Like, we weren't in the main flight line for sure. Uh, by the looks of it, we needed to be about mm, three miles to the east, maybe. There was a lot more activity over there. Um, but we did get some geese to come check us out. We had one flock come in. Oh, God, they look like they were just going to do it. They're in behind us. And, I mean, obviously they saw the decoys. And I don't know, we weren't really calling that much. Um, but apparently we should have been calling at them more. Because um, they, they kind of, they we were calling and they looked interested. And as soon as we backed off, they kind of lost interest and kept going. And then the next couple flocks that we saw we kind of called at them a little more and then and they responded a little bit better it was it was ultimately pretty slow i think the first bird we shot was uh just a loner a single and i mean he pretty much beelined in and came came right to the spread um landed a little far out and then walked in so turkey shot that guy um easy easy head shot so one in the bag and then uh, had another flock come in. I'm trying to think how how it went down. Did we have another single come in or a double or something? I have a feeling there was another single or something that came in. I don't really remember. Yeah, I think he was. Yeah, I think so. He came in, shot that one flying. And then we had another land, another flock come in and short us, but in range, at the edge of range, but in range. And so I, I pop up and shoot, or both Joel and I shoot at the same time. I shot mine, and he, oh, I think it was a double. Yes, come, it's all coming back to me. It was a double that came in, and Joel and I was like, boom, boom, both just crumpled two shots. That was awesome. Uh, so, yeah, then another flock came in, landed short. And then we decided to try them and popped up and I killed one and somehow Joel didn't kill his. Oh my goodness, where these yawns just sneak up on me. Sorry about that. And uh, yeah, so he missed. I don't know how. So really we should have. So he had one and I had two when that flock came in. So I got my third. Remember we're hunting Wisconsin and their early season that ended. So it was their normal season limit. And so we got... I got my three, he got one, should have had at least two, if not his full limit. And then we we hung out a little bit longer and didn't really see anything. So packed it up and headed home. Um, so there was some talk of fishing, but man, did that wind kick up. And uh, I had some stuff I had to do at the house, so I decided to not do that. And then uh, go scouting early, uh, early evening, Saturday night. So that's what we did. Covered, I don't know, a fair amount of ground. Found a spot that had, I don't know, a good number of geese, but not, like, in any one field. Like, there was 
50 here and then 25 there and then 25 in that field and then another 25 like in a five mile area maybe not even five miles there's quite a few geese but they were all sp split up and kind of everywhere so it's hard to really like nail down a field you'd want to hunt i mean i i would have picked a field there to hunt just because it seemed like it was off the beaten path we know there's birds in the area it could definitely run traffic they seem to be lost puppies that just didn't know where they wanted to go and then we had a couple other buddies out scouting different parts of the state and we were able to get on <clears throat> one of the properties that i have uh, permission for they had it sounds like there was birds using it so we decided to go that route and uh so we set up for sunday morning and this area so this landowner he gives permission to pretty much everybody but he's pretty good about like there's been a few times i've um, called this weekend or I texted him and, and he's like no somebody's hunting that field or no somebody's hunting that field so he's good about like not doubling up so you don't have to run into that nonsense of getting to the field and there's another party there now the down which is good the downside is like this area just gets hunted a lot and when you get a, a influx of new birds not really that big of a deal migration day obviously not a big deal but like one or two days geese being in that area Boy, they figure it out, and uh, so we kind of decided we're going to run a relatively small spread that day, which we did. We did the day before, too, even smaller, really. Um, so I pretty much just ran my full body. It's about four dozen avians, fully flocked avians out there, two dozen full size and two dozen lessers. And uh, well, we also have our, like, token two snow goose uh, Bigfoots that we always like to put out. Those are kind of like our distance markers. I usually like to pace off like 40 yards, and we kind of know what. It's a good. It's a good marker. Plus, they're really visible from a long ways away. I don't know if it helps or hurts, but well, it definitely doesn't hurt. But I don't know. I'm not sure if it helps. And then Austin actually had two um, blue goose decoys that he he threw out too, just being silly. But um, I don't. Know, it's kind of fun throwing them in there. Anyways, so we ran that. We had a really good hide in this cornfield. I mean, it wasn't as good as, like, standing corn, but it was a swath of, like, corn that didn't get cut that well. Like, two rows, and it was weedy and, like, kind of knocked over stalks, not cut. I don't know if he ran them over or what, but it made for a really good hide. And it just seemed like, and some of the guys were reporting this when they were scouting, that, like, the geese were coming into the field, but a field would have a bunch of geese in it, and I saw this on Friday night too, where they weren't all in like one big feed. There was, say, there was a hundred birds in any one field. There was like twenty-five over there, and thirty over there, and fifteen over there. Like they were all spread out, not not together. And that's kind of what was happening with us when we set our spread. We were pretty close to our leading edge decoys, and these birds would come in and they were wanting to get behind us. And so there was talk about, you know, should we move the blinds? I definitely didn't want to move the blinds because we had a great hide where we were at. And, you know, I thought, well, let's just move our decoys. And then we're like, but we're shooting them and they're not flaring on us. So we just, we opted to just leave them. I mean, because our shots were like straight up at 15 yards, you know, 20 yards. Like those are pretty, pretty easy shots. And we would have, we would have had more, but we were, definitely doubling up if not tripling up on the same target birds which which sucks because we had five people and i think the, the one flock that did it right we had you know five shooters and only six birds it's like what <laughs> like we should we should have had more because i swear i doubled up everybody said they doubled up so i'm like okay well there should be 10 birds on the ground and there's not so clearly we're 
picking each other's birds or, you know, and you try to shoot your position as best you can, but I don't know. It, it's, it's hard to say who shot what, but there was a, there was one that came over pretty high. Was it a single? I think it was a single. And, uh, yeah, I said, I'm going to, and he wasn't decoying. He was kind of, he kind of gave us a look and was kind of boogieing out. And I'm like, I'm going to snow goose this one. <laughs> so I pull up and uh, I got it. One shot and thumped down and oh, take it back. I'm so wrong. I'm so bad about remembering these hunts. I really should write these down before I yammer on about it. But so no, it was actually, there was a flock that was working us and then they were looking really good. They were coming from the north. They looked good the whole time really kind of setting up looked like they were doing their thing and then a pair came from from behind us and that's what a lot of times happens joins up and those two pull the birds away and um joel and austin are pretty sure in that pair they saw a band i didn't see it i can't confirm that but i was keeping my eye on the one they they thought and then it got into that mix and i lost it and then one broke off and came over and that's the one i decided to shoot and of course it was not banded but would have been super cool if it was banded because nobody else shot it there would have been zero conflict <laughs> and drama about who got the band it would have been mine uh but that didn't happen so there's really no reason to talk about it is there uh so we we hunted till hmm, i don't know what was it 10 o'clock? 11 o'clock? I don't know. Was it 11 o'clock? No, I don't think it was that late. Probably about 10. Because it started getting hot, and breezy, and sunny. And they just stopped moving. A lot more cranes picked up in the area, that's for sure. Um, still nowhere near peak numbers, but picking up some cranes for sure. There was quite a few around. And there was there was definitely uh, pressure in the area. We could hear people calling. We'd, we'd hear shots ringing out pretty close. So they were definitely hunting the same... Um, landowner property but this dude owns a shit ton of land so um but yeah it's those those pressured geese and we kind of laid off the calling a little bit the very first flock we kind of gave this like completely gave the silent treatment and uh seemed to work pretty good um honestly i can't remember if we shot into that group or not just why is my memory so terrible i don't understand i should need to like write notes when i'm in the field or something but Anyways, we had some success. We ended up with 17 birds, one that sailed, so 16 in hand, and one that sailed way, way, way out there, landed in a standing bean field, and it's like, oh, my God. Kind of need a dog for that one, but we don't have a dog. So we weren't able to get that one, but we included it in our bag. So we finished with 17, and, um, yeah, it's a pretty pretty decent day, Um my opinion like I, I was pretty i was pretty happy about it good time spent with buddies in the field so that's always good too and so now i got a pile of goose meat i gotta figure out what i want to do i was thinking about pre-making a bunch of uh burritos and i could just reheat them up um but now i'm thinking i might take them to a meat market there's a meat market up by me and um lindstrom that has uh oh, i can't remember the name of it but um I brought my deer there last year. I usually bring my deer to Grunhoffers, but they weren't taking whole deer at the time when I shot it because they were remodeling their building or something. And I didn't have time to, to cape it and cut it up. So I was like, well, next place. So I brought up this 
this other uh, spot in Lindstrom, and they had uh, they made deer bacon and deer hot dogs, which both are freaking phenomenal. Uh, so I thought oh, maybe I'll maybe I'll have some goose dogs made up or goose sticks or something. I never make goose sticks. Like I just never have those made up. But those would be a great way, just a good snacking thing. Like they're awesome to eat in the field. Um, you bring a bag of goose sticks. And they do not last very long. So I thought about that. Maybe some goose bacon. Um, so I got quite a bit. And I still have a bunch of uh, whole breast meat snow geese from the spring too. So I might just round up all that up. Get that freezer good and cleaned out. And uh, just have it processed into some, some good stuff. So that might happen. Again, no fishing because it was even windier on Sunday. And I was, again, tempted to go sit in the stand, but opted not, um, mostly because it was hot. And it was really warm and breezy Sunday night. And it's like, if I do shoot one, I can't let it hang. Like, I'm going to have to process it. I'm going to have to, you know, quarter it up or debone it, put it in a cooler with ice and wait till tomorrow. You know, like, ah, that's just too much work. And I generally just don't like hunting, deer hunting when it's hot. So... We'll, we'll hold off. We'll see what this weekend brings. Maybe I'll take some time, get my uh, stand out, and uh, I need to pick up some climbing sticks. Um, that I need for sure. Because I have, like, pegs, but, God, do I hate those things, screwing pegs. I don't know. They just they take too long, damage the trees. I don't I need I need to get some sticks. I just got to break down and invest in a decent pair of climbing sticks. Um, I've gone in to buy them multiple times, and then I, I, I get sticker shock. <laughs> I'm like, why are these so expensive? And then I don't end up buying them. But I need to bite the bullet and just get a set or buy a used set or something. I don't know. I need them regardless. So that um, and get all that ready to go, and then, yeah, it'll be good. Oh, where I'm down here working, there's three geese that land in the yard. I swear to God, if one of them would have been banded, I would have. I don't know what I would have done. I would have tried something. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I need to bring my bow. I need to have my bow out there where I'm working uh, for when the geese come in. I could snipe one off pretty easy. Also, there's a there's a groundhog that is going to get 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 got here real quick. It'd be a super easy trap. I mean, I see him every day poking his hole, his head out of his little hidey hole. Super. Put a conibear there, a little 220, 180, whatever. He is done for. Or he likes to come out right at about an hour before sundown, too. So I could snipe him off with the bow, too, which could also be fun. I'd actually almost rather do that than, than the trap, to be honest. And I've never eaten groundhog, so I'm kind of kind of interested to uh, make some cool recipe out of a, a whistle pig, as their nickname would be. Um, did a little research on them. They're supposed to be pretty good meat, very rabbit-like, a little bit darker meat, um, mild. Apparently, they got some scent glands you're supposed to remove. Uh, but the one article I read talked about how he didn't really know. Like, he took them off one time, and he didn't take them off another, and didn't really notice any odor or any change in the meat at all. But I think when I go about doing it, I will be on the safe side and go ahead and remove those uh, scent glands. They're pretty, you can, he, he, this article was great because he had pictures, and you could actually see the little scent bumps or whatever coming off of uh they're like under the armpit or something so pretty easy to see and just cut them out better safe than sorry you'd hate to go through all that work and then 
eat some tainted meat or something. I, I don't know. I'll just I'll remove them. It'll be good. I think it'll be good. I don't know. I gotta I gotta come up with a a fun recipe. I mean, I think you could pretty much do anything with them if it's rabbit-like. But I don't know. I'll have to I'll have to think about it. See see what's going on. So that was my weekend. It looks like some people also had good goose success. Um, from what I can see, my Snapchats that are, you know, following people on Snapchat and Facebook posts and everything else. Looks like uh, most people had a pretty, a pretty dang good weekend. So, um, it's crazy how the migration has been this year. It's just, instead of like one big event, it's been, I swear I'm hearing people shoot migrators almost every single day, even on days you don't really expect there to be a migration, but, uh, would be... You know, for those that are able to hunt like Joe Heinz every day, I mean, he's he's having a hell of a season. I'm going to have to reach out to him and um, get a season update from him. His his has been pretty dang active. Uh, I think he's had success every day. I don't think he's hunted a day yet without killing a pretty good pile of geese. So he's on fire. Uh, he's in North Dakota right now, though, which is, I don't know why, but whatever. That'll be fun. Maybe I'll talk to him about that. But anyways, there's your recap for my rant. I guess it's more of kind of a uh, follow-up rant. So we had our early teal season, and I'm still so surprised how many people are against the teal season. I just don't get it. So I thought it would be interesting to do a little follow-up on their fears of decimating the um, wood duck population. You know, and the other thing here that they're gonna wreck the youth season. They're gonna wreck. <clears throat> they're gonna wreck the uh, regular season. All totally unfounded, obviously. I mean, if you think about it, birds move, they migrate, especially the teal. Like, I don't know what you're worried about for opener. Like, that's not gonna. <laughs> the birds that shot two weekends ago is not gonna affect the the regular season opener. Um, if it does at all, like it's, it's, it's such an unfounded fear and claim. And I, I have to assume it just comes down to people don't like change. Cause I just don't, the thing that is sticks out of my head as the, the thing I just can't grasp is your waterfowler who is against another opportunity to hunt waterfall like i i just i don't I, <laughs> I just don't get it it's just the weirdest thing um but so for the first time in a long ass time uh i picked up an outdoor news sportsman's weekly and holy crap do you guys know we're up to 250 an episode or episode uh an issue that's that's nuts uh anyways so what caught my eye here was the early teal hunt brings a variety of reports so i'm like all right well this will be good it was a pretty good article in there, and then to verify it, I went to the cuffs and collars part and just looked at the different regions of the states. I wanted to see what they're writing tickets for, and most COs had almost the exact same thing to say, pretty much statewide. Um, they're you know, checking ATV trails, and they're checking bear hunters, and issuing the the, the typical citations of not properly um, tagged. Uh, bait sites, stuff like that. Uh, and then with the teal hunters, they said the vast majority of everybody was following the rules. And yeah, there were some, there were definitely some um, citations written up and they were for mostly 
shooting before legal hours because the early teal season was illegal shooting was sunrise and not a half hour before sunrise like the regular waterfall season and so a lot of people were calling tip which is good i'm I'm glad we're all out there policing ourselves um, but they were they would call about early shooting and then the conservation officers talked about how you know some of that shooting may have been early goose hunters which can still shoot 30 minutes before so even if you're on water so that could be you know that that's that's kind of a tough one you know somebody could have goose decoy florida goose decoys out or something like that but you know they had a bunch of different um spies around the state and uh in these blinds and just kind of observing and that's what the article touched on it touched on and it sounds pretty good like some people shot the wrong ducks and were sighted most people did not um quite a few incidents of people observed not shooting because the you know the birds that came into the decoys were not the right ones um, which that is good to see Uh, there was a case i read where um some young kids pretty good group were uh south metro i believe somewhere and they uh they were shooting wood ducks they're just smashing wood ducks and actually got to a point where they 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 went in and shut down the hunt because, as they stated, they clearly don't know how to identify ducks. Um, they claimed ignorance when they were approached and ticketed. I have a feeling they just didn't care. Um, maybe. They were young hunters. Maybe they just didn't know um, because, you know, they claimed even bird in hand. They didn't. They couldn't tell the difference between a teal and a wood duck. Well, you definitely should be able to tell the difference between a teal and a wood duck. Like, bill shape is totally different colors the wing you know there's no blue wing patch and like everything is different like it's do a little bit of research i have a feeling they knew it and we're shooting them anyways um there was a trumpeter swan shot i mean that's definitely not a case of missed identity they're just so what a lot of these people my fear is or i'm kind of expecting haven't seen it yet but i'm expecting that um people use that to like bolster their argument for why there shouldn't have been a teal season but most of the citations were normal shit not signing your federal duck stamp um unplugged shotguns shooting before legal you know crap like that not wearing a life jacket while hunting out of a boat um typical stuff like that um so not nothing to actually do with misidentifying a teal species and it seems like so they'll a year from now they're going to release um a full report of everything because this is a a three-year uh teal season that we have and then after that they will see if they're going to continue it or cancel it so depending on the data they find um within those three years but it seems like it was a pretty successful teal season mixed bag some people had really good success some people didn't and it sounds like the people that put in the time to scout had success that makes sense uh also they said hunting numbers weren't like for some people that were really worried that it was going to affect opener you know they went to some of these more popular places like pelican lake and rice lake and and they said there really wasn't that many people uh, but that could have been due to really low water and they did talk about that in the, the articles too it's that you know if you didn't have a kayak or canoe or a mud motor you're you're pretty much screwed on some of these bigger 
named areas. So I would I would be curious to see unless we get a shit ton of rain between now and and the regular uh, duck opener, if numbers are down in those popular areas um, during the duck opener for those exact reasons for for the low water, just access is a problem. So we'll see how that goes. Um, again, overall. It seems like teal season was a success. Very few incidents of people shooting the wrong targeted birds. Um, it did happen, but, you know, and I, I don't think anybody was saying it wasn't going to happen at all. But the percentage, pretty low. The wood deck population was not decimated, as as the naysayers were, were spouting. Um, it sounds like there will be plenty of wood ducks for us come opening weekend. So... There's your weekend re wow recap. Did I call it a recap? Your weekend recap and rant. Thanks everybody for joining me. I've been getting some people reaching out and asking me questions and just sharing uh, hunt success. I appreciate it. Keep doing that. Uh, follow me on Facebook and on Instagram and Snapchat. However you can get a hold of me, and uh, you can send me an email if you'd like. Um, go on my website fullscaleoutdoors.com you can you can email me through there and uh yeah just send me a question or some hunting pics some fishing pics whatever and i'm more than happy to answer them i actually really really enjoy it oh one one bit of advice before i go out i did get ah, i forgot about this in my recap so one thing i did do after my hunt sunday is i had been seeing some people getting some mushrooms this uh weekend or actually for a while now and i just hadn't had time to get out so i did a little quick mushroom hunt in a, an area where I usually have success in finding uh, hen in the woods, which is a great mushroom, very medicinal mushroom, but very delicious too. Uh, they get huge, and they grow at the base of oak trees. And I, I have this particular spot that has been great to me for the last few years. I, was, I can basically walk up to the same tree and then there's one there. So maybe that tree died because the, they are a parasitic mushroom. So eventually the host will, will die. Um, the host tree will die. But I didn't, I didn't find one of those. But I did find a really nice hodgepodge of other nice wild edible mushrooms. I found one king bullet or porcini as they're called in the restaurants. Um, I found... Birch bowl eats, which are also edible, and I found this is a new one for me. I had to do a little research and figured it out though. They're a yellow cracked bolete, and they're also edible, uh, listed as good, and they were good. Uh, king the king bolete being a choice edible, which means very very good, and they are. And so I found those three bolets, and then I also found some. It's called shrimp of the woods. They look like little package packaging white packaging peanuts on the forest floor um, they do have kind of a shrimpy texture to them can't say they taste like shrimp they taste like mm, every mushroom you've ever eaten um, but it was good and uh, so I brought those back I had um, a supper of wild mushrooms and goose tenderloins that little strip of meat right along the breastbone those are really good and goose hearts so if you guys aren't keeping the hearts I don't know what you're doing because it's awesome. I, I love heart, goose hearts, or any animal heart, really. it's I think it's one of the best meat cuts on, on the critter. And then those, do not leave those tenderloin strips because they're super good. Flash fry and butter, butter, salt, pepper, a little bit garlic powder. Oh, God. 
It's all good. Just don't overcook them. That's like all wild game. Just, just, just don't overcook it. It was very good. I pigged out. I was so full afterwards. It was, it was amazing. So I still need to get out and find me a hen of the woods. I really want to get one of those. Um, so yeah, there it is. Again, another reason why I should be writing all this shit out, but I never do. So anyways, everybody have, be safe out there. Uh, again, keep those questions coming. I appreciate it. I uh, answered one today, as a matter of fact, but I'm going to save it for Waterfall Wednesday because it is a duck hunting question. I will. I answered, I responded to him uh, with my response. So I said, I will pass on to Nick. We will get his opinion, and then uh, you know, we'll just bring it up in the show and have a, have a conversation about it. So with that, I will leave you with this. Whatever your passion, pursue it full scale. In Wild Country, rules were not created by man. Don't miss Wild Country, Wednesdays from 7 to 11 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Primos. Speak the language. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.